Welcome to the Right Fight Podcast. I'm Kenny Vaughn, and I'm here with my beautiful wife, Tammy. And as you know, this is a discussion about how to live a loving life. Probably also aware that we went through uh, every chapter of the book to kick this off, and um, we wrapped that up. Actually, this week, um, as we're recording this, was the airing of the last chapter of the uh, of the book. And we thought we'd in there, but um, but the response has been good enough. We're continuing, and Tammy and I are continuing this conversation, and we're jumping in. The way we're doing it is we're, we're grabbing videos that we've posted on Instagram that were questions that uh, received a lot of engagement, and then and 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 additional questions or comments that um, were great ones that were hard to elaborate on. On the platform and so we're going to elaborate here and talk about it but the whole mission of all of this as you know how to live a loving life because it's living a loving life that fills us that heals us that that results in everything we're looking for and we can't love for those things we we love because we're loved but when we do that we found the value. We found the value and the purpose of life. So this week's question that we're tackling from Instagram is, um, "What does loving feel like?" And the reason we're taking this, the reason I did this question was, was, and I want to lay this out, kind of set this up, I guess, is because so often, and I and I talked to a lot of people, and some of these people I talked to, they're having tr- trouble. They're like, you know, what's wrong with us? Uh, if it's a couple or a friendship or whatever it is. And their problem is they feel, they don't feel like they feel love. And, but when they describe what's really going on, it's like, there's nothing wrong with this at all. You know, like, so, so, so I guess what I'm trying to say is they think something's really wrong with them or they think something's really wrong with their relationship because of what they're feeling right now or because of what they're going through right now. But in reality, what they're going through, they just need to keep going. You know, I mean, that there, there is, there's a lot of loving things going on here. And if they'll keep going and not give up and not throw in the towel, what they're going to find is they were, is that they, they were actually loving the whole time. It's just that loving doesn't always feel good. I guess that's the, what I'm trying to say. I want to be clear and make sure that I don't lead anyone to believe that I'm suggesting that you should be someone's doormat. In other words, um, that that we should that we should just be okay with someone constantly making us feel terrible because we're loving them. Because if someone is actually being selfish consistently and making you feel terrible, you're not loving them if you pretend that's okay. So it's it's not loving to help someone you love be selfish. So we are not saying, as we, as we get into this, we're not saying that you pretend it's okay to be someone's doormat or that you're just always pleasing someone no matter how selfish they are because you love them. But that's not love. You know, you're really, if you're doing that, it's because, you, it's because we've talked about this before, because you love yourself. It's because you love what you're getting from them. You're afraid of losing what you're going to get from them if you quit pleasing them. So you say you love. So people who or constantly allow people to abuse them mentally, physically, whatever it is, and you ask them, why Why do you allow this? Their response many times will be, because I love them. But that's not true at all. you know. Because if you ask them, okay, do you really think it's best for this person to be abusing you this way? 
spirit, I mean, physically, verbally, whatever it is, they, they're very aware that it's not best for that this person they say they love to be abusing anyone, but they're allowing them to do that. So that's a, really a failure to love them. So I just want to clear up, we're not suggesting that's okay. But that said, loving doesn't always feel good. I mean, sometimes it's really hard stuff. And I was just going to throw out this one example. And Tammy, you you can relate to this. Um, and and I, I, this occurred to me today as I was headed up here because the city of Beaumont came and they're opening our fire hydrant to let this water out. They're flushing out. We're, we're, our office is on the end of a water line. And so over time, sediment builds up in the end of the water line because it doesn't get flushed through. There's a dead end there right past our office. And then... And then the water in the office starts stinking. So, yeah. Am I wrong? No, you're not. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. So, like, this week you came to me. I don't remember you said somebody used the hot water in the bathroom and my office stinks. And now you got your doors and your windows open trying to air the place out because it's terrible. I mean, it's just, it, the stench is horrible. It's like, hey, why would anyone ever use this water? But we just keep using it because we're not sure what's going on. Well, what happened? What we can do, and they're, and they're doing it right now as we speak. They're going to leave it open until tomorrow. They open the fire hydrant and they allow all the fresh water to actually flow through there, so we're not a dead end at that point. And it flushes all of that garbage out. And then afterwards, they put the cap back on. Now we have fresh water again, and so. But during that, so I think a lot of times in our lives, because me and you just, you know, in full transparency, this is like day one of rec- of, of the uh, the good again, <laughs> because it's been thirty days. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's been rough, you know, it has, and and it, and um, and it's been ugly. But I was just thinking about, you know, what is that? What's that about? Why is that? And then yesterday was a great day, and. And so much good stuff happened. It's like they, it's like you know what they. We finally pulled the cap off the fire hydrant. But what do I mean by that? What I mean is, I think little as we love each other, little things build up. Sediment builds up in our dead end line or whatever you call it. But it, it's not that big a deal. It's not so. It's not worth addressing. It's not worth talking about. Or it might be worth talking about, but it doesn't seem like it. it seems like it'll be too hard. Or, or I don't know. But eventually, if you if it builds up enough then it starts stinking. And it gets so rotten and stinky that it's like somebody needs to say something. Is everybody just going to keep pretending it doesn't stink or is somebody going to be willing to talk? We're gonna, and, and then we got to figure out why is it stinking and what's going on here. And I, I think, I don't know, Tammy, you love your thoughts, but like it's just amazing to me how every time, and we've talked about going through this before, that once we come through that and we, we open the line, which opening the line is talking, it's, it's communicating, and I know guys don't like to communicate. You know, I, you always want to talk. I don't, I'm not always wanting to talk. I don't know what to talk about. I want to get straight to the point or whatever, but, but it is communicating, and then, and I think communicating, when it gets hard enough, then we're willing to really do something, you know, or tr- at least try to do something different instead of just keeping on doing what we're doing. So when we're loving each other, if we really love each other, and it begins to get stinky and hard, it's, it's sometimes we can think, it stinks so bad in here, I just need to get out. Or it stinks so, this this is so nasty, the problem is nobody's loving each other. When, the, when in reality, maybe we just need to talk about it a little bit. We need to open the cap on the fire hydrant. 
and flush out what's really going on here. And that's like the hardest moment in the whole thing. Like That's like the flushing it out is like the stinkiest moment. So it's like you got the stagnant stuff in this water line, and now you're asking me to go swim in it. So I got to get in the middle of it. But then once we get all, once we identify that, we talk about it and we're like, you know, okay, I'm going to try to do this better. Okay, you're going to try to do this better. But, but no matter what, I love you, you know, and I don't want to be here. And, and you reaching out to me saying, I don't want to be here anymore. And it's like, wow, I thought you wanted to be here. Like I thought you were enjoying watching me suffer, you know, or, or whatever it is. And um, it's loving through the hurt, like you always say. And, and then I think that makes when that happens, and like us, uh, loving through the hurt, I think, makes our roots go down stronger, and then we come out, and it's, like, amazing, and it's, like, I love you even more, even more than I did before this happened, you know, before the hurt came. Isn't that wild? Like, that's the, so, so it's, like, the hardest part that we don't want to get into is the most valuable part. It's like where the most treasure is hidden. And and we go, we wade through all the stink for all the months or whatever it is, weeks, however long, and then we get to the point where there's a breaking point where we two people can actually communicate, sit down and and and, and sift out all this dead, stinky stuff. And and then after that. I would say the same thing. Like, I feel like I love you more than ever. And I would never thought I'd say that again. And, and, we, and, but, and it keeps going. It keeps getting, and so everything just slowly over time keeps getting better and better because we're willing to love through the, that stink. And, um, and, and I, think, I think it's important to say, you know, you need, you need two people that are willing to do that. You can't do it by yourself. Like I'm so, like I was thinking this morning, thank you, Jesus, that Tammy is willing to work with me. You know, and that because if she wasn't, if she just stayed stuck on whatever her selfishness or, or if she just wasn't willing to talk about this or communicate or listen and try and communicate to me what I need to listen and try to. It does take two people, but even two people, if you aren't willing to get in the middle of that yucky stuff, you'll just leave the cap on the hydrant until nobody can live in there anymore. I mean, it's so rancid. Nothing can live in there. And if you'll take it off, you know, we're better, right? <laughs> and we're going to be better for a while. And the water's going to be, by tomorrow, the water shouldn't be stinking anymore up at the office. And, um, and so, you know, just because it stinks in your relationship right now doesn't mean that it's not a loving relationship or that, you're, that, that love doesn't exist. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. And, uh, and, and a great example of this, you got a scripture you're going to read with this, but, you know, you think about this, you think, you know, well, Jesus is love. And then he lived and he showed us what love was and what love did. And so then I wonder if, you know, if you were to ask Jesus, what does it feel like to love? So that's what, that was the question here. And that's what I was trying to, trying, in a way, try to present to people because we think, okay, we have this idea in our head that what it's going to feel like when I love, when I found somebody that loves me and I find somebody that loves them. And, and, and it's always, it's never rejection. It's never, uh, you know, um, not feeling like we're enough. You know, it's never being, someone being mad at us. Um, it, it, all those, all this, the stuff that comes with the hard part of loving, 
Like that's not what we imagine it's like to love. But that's not true. And you can look at Jesus and go, well, what did it feel like for Jesus to love us? And I'm sure there were times it was wonderful, but it also it also for him it felt like rejection and and criticism and you know hatred and bitterness. I mean, love doesn't always get us a want doesn't always create a wonderful feeling, but but I mean what so this is what you're gonna read here. This is in Matthew twenty seven where the soldiers mocked Jesus. And if I get emotional it's hard for me to read it because it just hurts my heart for what Jesus went through for us. Yeah, but I'm going to jump in this. So this is, you're about to read it, but this is what it felt like for Jesus to up. Yeah, but go ahead. It says, Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. I always get emotional. It's just, I can't even imagine. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand. Then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him then they led him away to crucify him. Yeah. And so that was that was what Jesus experienced. Part of what, not all that he experienced, right? But that was part of what he experienced in loving. So loving always cost us something. But we say it's never, never more than not loving cost us. So Jesus had an option. He could, he didn't have to love. Right? I mean, he could have chosen another route. But there was, it wasn't that there would be no consequences for not loving, you know? And so, so he chose to love, and by, by so choosing, he went through this. And this is, I want to say, loving leads to this, okay? But Jesus didn't, these, Jesus didn't want these people to do this to him. He didn't encourage these people to do this to him. He didn't help these people do this to them. Maybe that's the most important thing I can say. Jesus didn't help these people do this to him. He, he did not want them to do this to him. Now, he could have called angels. right? He could, he could have done things to stop them that was beyond their control. But that wasn't his purpose. right? And, and so if you're helping someone do these things to you, abuse you in any way, shape, form, or fashion, then you're failing to love them. I mean, if Jesus would have helped them do that to him, then that message, I don't, I don't even know what you call that, you know? He's no longer love. Like, he's helping them be these things. But, so you can't, you can't help or enable this, but sometimes loving leads you, this is what it, you know, if, if you're, if speaking the truth to people, if doing what you believe is truly best for them, ends up with you being persecuted or, or challenged, uh, um, then, you know, that's part of loving them. And if you really love them, then you'll keep loving them. And that's what Jesus did, right? He didn't quit loving because they did that to him. He kept on loving. All right? For, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. 
And so he kept on loving, and in, in keeping on loving, he didn't renounce the truth. He kept speaking the truth to them, right? So, so in wrapping this up, though, I want to get to a couple of the comments that we got on the, the post itself, because this is worth discussing, but go ahead. Okay. The first question or comment was, I have a manager at work who once upon a time was a good friend of mine until they got promoted to this higher position. For the last two years, they have bullied myself and others and repeatedly manipulated me using tactics that are very hard to prove to higher management. It's so hard to be nice behind their back as I'm constantly hurt every time I work with them. I try to pray heavily for this person, just like the Bible says to pray for those who persecute us. It got so bad I had to leave my work from the constant mental abuse. I'm back now after six months of time off due to stress. However, they haven't changed at all. Sometimes I think, how can God allow for someone so obviously wrong for the job to keep working there? And then I come to the conclusion that there must be a lesson in all of this for me. The question, though, is exactly what you asked, which is, how do I love them when they hurt me so much? Yeah, so what a great an honest comment and 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 this is what i'm trying to talk about so you so okay we're just going to assume that this is all true right because you know anytime you hear one side of a story there's another side of the story but we're going to assume this is all 100 percent the truth and that this person is actually that selfish and so now and so now you got somebody who says hey i had to leave work now i've come back to work there's no difference how's god allowing this and how can i love them and what we think if we aren't careful what we think is we think we are loving them while they were being everything that they just described here, bullying them, uh, bullying me, everything else that they're doing. I think that I'm loving this person by just being nice to them, you know, by getting them coffee, by opening the door for them. I think that all of that is me loving them, so I'm rewarding them for their selfishness. I'm actually failing to love them. So in this case, what I would say is if, if this is all true and this person is really bullying you and, and then you're asking, how does God allow this person to stay in this position? I would say it's the people that are allowing this person to stay in this position because no one is willing to confront this person because they're all afraid of what they're going to lose. And no one really loves this person. I'm talking about the person that's the bully because if, if you really love this person that's a bully, especially if they used to be your friend, I'm sorry, but you have to sit down with them and say, I don't know if you know it or not, but since you've taken this position, you're, it's, it's, it's hard. Like, and it doesn't, it doesn't even seem like you to me, and I don't know why, and, and, and maybe I'm misunderstanding something. So if I am, help me understand. But just to be clear, I want you to understand that, you know, this when you do this and you, you do this and you do that, like I took, I literally went home because I felt like, you know, I just couldn't deal with it anymore. And then I come back hoping something will be different, and nothing's changed. And, you know, I, I, like, if I love this person, this bully, I can just tell you they're, they're miserable, by the way. They're not happy doing this. They're scared to death. That's why they're doing all these things. That's why they're bullying everyone, because they got a position they don't feel qualified for, they don't feel capable of, or whatever. Instead of being humble enough to say, I'm not sure, I'm not, I don't know that I'm qualified, I don't know that I'm good enough to do this job, but with y'all's help, we can get it done. Help me help you, you know, and being a servant, they come in and they, they become a tyrant, 
a fear-led leader and they're wrecking their own life and you're helping them do it. And so is everybody else around them. So are you going to be the one person that's willing to love the bully is what I'm saying. And loving the bully means going and, and questioning them. And you know what? That Sometimes that kind of loving will end up costing you your job, cost Jesus his life. Sometimes that kind of loving will end up, you know, bearing consequences on you and you that you think are worse. So I think because I went off, okay, so I love my this my boss, and I finally went and told him the truth, really for him, because I, I was trying to help, but he couldn't handle that. So now I'm looking for a job, and I'd have been better off if I didn't love my boss at all. So you think you'd have been better off for the next 30 years working under a tyrant. And and if that if they get rid of that tyrant and another tyrant comes in, you're going to work under him too because you're not going to confront them either. You think you'd be better off there than you had been had you truly for their sake. And you know, I'm not saying go in blasting everybody. This isn't about that. This is about really caring about other people and helping and helping and loving them and helping them find their way instead of just preserving your way even if it's wrecking them. So I thought that was a great question and one worth uh, addressing. And so ultimately, how do you love this person? you got to go talk to them. you got to help them see. They're, they're already aware of it. Everybody else knows it. You're not the only one that knows it. And it's, just, it's really wrecking them. So love them enough to go and confront them. But one more question. We'll wrap this one up because I thought there's another good one. How do you continue to be loving to someone who repeatedly hurts you? I'm not sure how to have boundaries and still show love. So this is back to love is its own boundary. And the question is, how do you show, how do you have boundaries and still show love? If you think those two things are two different things, it's not possible. This is deep. You got to really explain it. Okay. So the example we just discussed with this person who has a boss that's a bully. It's like, this would be a great example to use for this question. So you could come back to work and not love your boss, which means you're not willing to go talk to them about what's going on and why they're doing these things, you know, because you're afraid they may, it may, you may lose your job or you're afraid of whatever it is that it's going to cost you to love them. If you actually love them, love becomes its own boundary in that because you love them, because you confront them about this, then you're going to get protected in the process. That protection may mean you losing your job, but you're not going to be, they may push you out or they may realize you were the only one in the whole organization that was willing to tell them the truth. And then when, as they move up, they're pulling you, they're taking you everywhere they go. You know, or maybe the, maybe someone else saw that and they're like, you know what? We need somebody else. And it's it's not them. It's that one. That's the one we need. You know, so so there's so so love is its own boundary in that if you're willing to love this person, then. You don't have to worry. You're, you're not going to live under this state of perpetual bullying because you're willing to go confront it. That's the boundary of love. It's not for you. It's for that person but you get protected and defended in the process. A boundary is a line we draw to protect ourselves without regard for other people. So in this same scenario, you could return to work and find that this guy's still a bully, guy, girl, whatever, is still a bully and, and nothing's changed. So 
if you're not willing to love them, you're just going to get beat on all the time. So if you're not willing to love them, the other thing you could do is just have boundaries. Well, you don't go to, you still go to your boss, but you don't go to your boss for your boss's sake. You go to boss for your own sake. And you just say, hey, look, you cuss everybody else, but you're not allowed to cuss me. You know, you, you, you bully everybody else, but you're not allowed to bully me. So next time you cuss me, this is a boundary I have. And these are the words you can say to me. And these are the words you can't say to me. And this is, this is, you can bully me like this. You can't bully me like that. And then you set these boundaries and then you have to maintain these boundaries and you can't love them because you're loving yourself. Like you're, you're protecting yourself without regard for them. So boundaries are lines we draw to protect ourselves from other people after we have failed to love them because had we loved them, we would have never needed the boundary because love is its own boundary. So I, I am not saying we don't have boundaries, but I am, okay? I, like It's so hard for me to say that because I see boundaries as this selfish line. I'm saying that love is its own boundary and it doesn't need yours. You'll never need boundaries when you truly love people because love is your defense does that make sense yes but i i think that people don't see it that way like i never understood it really until you i thought boundaries were healthy until you (laughs) but explaining it like that love is its own boundary that's when i get it that's when the light you know comes on for me yeah. And I didn't I didn't get it either. Right. Until until I started exploring what love was and I started trying to live it. And then I started wrestling with exactly what this person's question was. How do I love them and have boundaries? That's an unresolvable conflict. You, you can't you can't do both. It's impossible. You cannot resolve that because one is for me and what the other one is for you. But if I love you, it is for you. And it's also a boundary. It's its own boundary. You know, it, it protects me in the process. And that's the, that is the incredible miracle of love, the truth of God. Like, to me, that's like a, what opens up all, it's like the light coming on that dispenses all the darkness. Because with my boundaries, I'm fighting for them all the time. The more I have, the more I need. The more, the, the more I have to maintain they're different for everybody, by the way. I mean, one person needs one set of boundaries. Like, like if, I, if I'm a boundaries person, I got certain boundaries for you, but I got more boundary, different set of boundaries for Colin, who's helping us with this, right? Got another set of boundaries for Ted, another one for Reggie. I got different sets of boundaries for everyone, depending on who they are. And I got to remember them. I got to maintain them. I got to communicate them. It's like impossible. But if I love, love is the same all the time. Love doesn't change. Love has never changed. We don't create love. Love created us. And so our responsibility is to not to try to make love what we want it to be for us, but to become what we're created to be and to identify love and to fight to live a loving life. Does that make sense? That's good. Yeah, we went a long time on this one. Good stuff. Yeah. So let's wrap it up. That wraps up this episode of the Right Fight Podcast. We will be back uh, soon with another question. Tammy's going to join us again. I'm going to keep around as long as I can. But until then, trust God's word no matter what. And keep your eyes on the horizon. Thanks for listening to The Right Fight Podcast. Make sure to check out Kenny's book, The Right Fight, for more on how to live a loving life. 
It's available on their website, shieldsofstrength.com, Audible, and all digital platforms. If you have any questions for the podcast, you can email support at shieldsofstrength.com and put podcast as the subject. And make sure to follow Kenny on Instagram and TikTok at John Kennedy Vaughn. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.